Episode 57, Shavuot and Shemitah, How Matan Torah Teaches Us to Reduce Our Waste. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone personal organization, and today I'd like to talk about Shavuot. So you've probably heard me tell you that I really don't think you can organize clutter. You just need to reduce clutter. And after you reduce, what's left is just going to sort of organize itself. And I also tell you why I think that organizational systems don't really work, because They don't address the real cause of why we're disorganized, which is we just have too much stuff. My very first client was a couple that was downsizing after about 30 years uh, before they made Aliyah, which is moving to Israel. And what I learned from that very first client and from every client since then is that People spend a lifetime accumulating things, and most of us accumulate too many things. Most people don't think about the things they accumulate, especially after the newness of the new thing wears off. And yet, people can't part with their things. (laughs) It doesn't really matter if it's cheap or expensive. It really, it just makes no difference. My clients fill their homes with unnecessary things and they spend hours shopping for these things, for clothings, for shoes, for housewares, toys, knickknacks, furniture. And it makes us happy when we buy something new. Endorphins release in our system and there's definitely an excitement to buying new things, but the happiness never really lasts, does it? I have to admit to you that I used to consume like crazy before I read the book Zero Waste Home. I would shop because it was on sale or there was a sale and it was fun and, you know, it felt good to go shopping and it was a way to use up time or feel like I was providing for my family. And what I realized is that my rate of consumption wasn't good for the environment, But it also wasn't good for me and my family. And what I realized is that when you are shopping, you're basically saying to corporations that I want you to make more products, drain the world's resources, have things that I think aren't good enough anymore because they're not new end up in landfill and where they, you know, never break down and emit harmful gas. And, you know, that's all okay with me. I just have like a little aside that I wanted to share with you. Did you know that in New York City, the garbage that you create is placed on a barge and it goes to a waste processing center and then it gets trucked to a landfill in Pennsylvania. So our taxes go to pay to move garbage. (laughs) It's kind of sad if you think about it. The thing is, is that you really harm yourself by purchasing more and more things. I'm curious to know, you can, you know, leave me a voicemail or send me an email. Tell me, how many times a week do you go to the mall? 
how many times a week do you run out to the store because you forgot one thing because you didn't make a grocery list? You put yourself into debt by purchasing. You buy and you buy and you buy, hoping that it will make you feel better or fulfill your needs or I don't know, any number of things, but your needs never seem to be filled and you never really feel satisfied and you never really think you have enough. Now, you never think about what you already have. It's sort of like I bought it and then it goes into your cupboard and it's out of sight and out of mind. But I mean, you know that you already have a can opener or a white blouse or any other number of things, a set of sheets or towels, but you can't find them. So you go out and buy a new one, right? But you can't find it because your closets and cabinets and drawers and cupboards, whatever you call them, they're overflowing, aren't they? Ooh, you don't remember you own it. So... That's all really nice, right? But what does it have to do with Shavuot? So I read this beautiful Dvar Torah by um, Rabbi David Seidenberg, and it was called Shemitah, The Purpose of Sinai. And I'd like to share the main question of it with you. In it, he asks, what does Shemitah, the sabbatical year, have to do with Mount Sinai, Har Sinai, right? Uh, he says this question comes up because the Torah introduces Shemitah by saying Hashem spoke to Moshe on Har Sinai saying speak to the children of Israel and say to them when you come to the land which I will give you the land will rest a Shabbat for Hashem in the seventh year it'll be the Shabbat of Shabbatot for the lands, a Shabbat for Hashem. If all the commandments were given, he goes on to say, if all the commandments were given at Sinai, the the Midrash wonders, why is Har Sinai only mentioned here? So he explains that the whole purpose of Matan Torah is the giving of the Torah at Sinai is to create a society that observes Shemitah. It's it it's in a land where Shemitah is observed that human beings will learn to respect the earth himself by remembering that none of us can own her for the land is mine, Hashem declares, and you are strangers and settlers with me. Now, this is one of the things that was always like a little bit strange to me. Uh, growing up in America, Shemitah is like a totally weird commandment because, you know, you don't observe it in America. And actually, the first year that we made, uh, well, the year that we made Aliyah, the year that we moved to Israel, was actually the start of a Shemitah year. So we moved to Israel in August and um, Shemitah started in September and it was shocking. It was all these new mitzvot that I had to learn and it was a little bit, uh, it was a little bit rough. <laughs> I like, I didn't, uh, you know, it was hard. You, you don't expect it and it's totally new set of rules. And even so, they're only rules that you sort of use every seven years, right? So 
it was interesting to me to sort of reconcile how it fits into my timeline. It It's very clear from the rules of Shemitah that we understand that the land belongs to Hashem. None of us can actually own the land because during Shemitah, it reverts back to the original proper, property lines that were devised by Hashem when the Jews entered in Israel. And when we, uh, and what we own, in this case, the land, you know, even if we purchased it, it's not really ours. And I think that that's like a really important uh, aspect to remember in this puzzle, just because we own something doesn't really mean that it, it makes it ours. And what we own and what we've purchased is really on loan to us from Hashem. When you hoard things and you don't share them with others, well, it hurts you, it hurts other people, it hurts the earth. It, I think that it really damages our connection to Hashem and that our quest is to be, you know, more godly. So I want you to think back. Do you remember the time your friend needed something that you hadn't even thought about in ages and you suddenly remembered, oh my gosh, I have something that you need. Here, enjoy it, you know, and you give it to your friend. It's that feeling that something that you aren't using is going to go to good use and that you're you were able to fulfill someone else's needs with something that you didn't really need anymore. It's, it's a good feeling, right? It's, it's just, it's an amazing feeling even. Like you helped your friend and sharing what we have and lending our infrequently used belongings to others creates less demand for new items. And when we share, <laughs> we tell manufacturers that we no longer need what they're selling us and we save resources and we're making better use of what we already have. You see, by sharing what you have been blessed with, with others, we also make ourselves better. We allow ourselves to understand that things are just things and that the act of sharing is, you know, like I said before, it's like godlike. Hashem shares the land with us and we share what we have that Hashem gives us with other people. And sharing allows you to see that it's not the things in our lives that matter so much, but it's how we affect the people in our lives, the way we relate to them and the things that we do with the time that we have rather than the stuff necessarily that we have or the focus on the stuff that we have. I mean, a lot of my clients tell me that they want to spend more time with their families and they don't want to clean up anymore or they want to spend less time cleaning. If that sounds like you, <laughs> then let me suggest this to you. Clear out the extra things in your home. Take a really hard look at what you have, what you're actually using and what you can do without. And Thank Hashem for the blessings that he's given you up until now and pass on the blessings that you're no longer using to somebody else. Turn the resources that are holding you back from being organized and having a clutter-free home and clearing your mind into something good for somebody else. The thing is, is having less allows you a sort of emotional freedom. 
It allows you an ease of life that, you know, quote unquote, having it all doesn't afford. So like Shemitah, we have, well, Shabbat is really a weekly Shemitah. And it reminds us that Hashem has not only assigned us with, you know, a year long rest on the seventh year, but he's also assigned us a weekly task to slow our roll. You know, when this happens, we don't purchase, we don't go shopping on Shabbos. We don't use resources from the earth. We pollute a lot less. And I think that that's an important thing. When we take a break on Shabbat, we're actually doing something great for the earth, earth. And we're, besides for the like spiritual rejuvenation and connection of Shabbat, the physical rest that we get, the, the, Stopping the shopping, if you will, the shopping diet that happens naturally on Shabbat is also really healthy for us because it stops the consumption aspect of things, which makes us really feel better. And and it makes us realize we don't need to be consuming all the time to feel happy. So I want to just say that every year on Yom Kippur in Israel, um, people don't drive. Jews, non-Jews, religious, non-religious, in general, people really respect the sanctity of Yom Kippur. And on that one day where everyone is not driving, depending on the city, is between 70 and 99% reduction of air pollution in Israel. And it makes me kind of think, like, what would happen if everybody observed, like, the Shabbat, the Shemitah Shabbat, you know, uh, weekly, how much pollution and how much better it would be for the environment. It's pretty, it's pretty, anima- like, pretty amazing to think it through. So, some of you have been listening for a while. Some of you are new here. If you're new, here's a few tips to get started on decluttering. Um, remember, if you, you know, maybe something I say doesn't apply directly to you, there must be some way you could apply it in some, you know, action, fashion. So, you know, think about it, consider it, and see if maybe there's another way you can really um, implement some of these things. The first thing that I think that you should do to help you declutter is start small. Pick a small area that won't take you too long and just be ruthless put back whatever remains, but a small area like your bathroom, you could probably do really, really well pretty quickly and have a lot of success. The second thing is write things down. We cannot remember everything, so get it down on paper, in a notebook, in a digital planner, whatever you use, just get it down. Get uh, a list for shopping, get a list for your to-do, but put it down on paper and get it out of your head. The, The amount of freedom you have from not trying to remember something is humongous. Number three, use what you already have. Once you've sorted everything out, you hopefully you hopefully won't have too much left, but what you do have will need to be slightly organized. But look around and see what you can repurpose from your home to help you get organized without having to go out and buy new organizers. Number four, help yourself please help yourself and delegate. Get your kids to help you. Get your spouse to help you. Everybody can chip in and you can do it all together. And it's pretty nice to spend that time together. It makes doing the chores a lot less difficult. 
The last thing I want to suggest to you is be careful with what comes into your home, not just what you purchase, but anything that comes into your home. Do you really need to accept that freebie that you got, you know, the freebie pen that you got from the bank? Mm, Probably not. Do you really need to take that t-shirt that you probably aren't going to wear? Could you take a a reusable water bottle with you instead of bringing back a plastic one to your house? Just be careful. It sounds hard, but it's actually pretty easy to say no to freebies. So this year, when you think about Shavuot, I, I hope that you remember that it's, it's really a gift from Hashem, the, the Shemitah and the action of, you know, being a steward of our land. Uh, there's this, watch company called Patak Philippe. And in their advertisements, they say, you never truly own a Patak Philippe watch. Uh, you just merely take care of it for the next generation. And in the Jewish tradition, it's not acceptable when you die to take what you own with you, right? To be buried with what, uh, with what you own. And the thing is, is that everything that we use on this earth will never truly go away. Even if we don't see it, um, it gets packed in a landfill and it doesn't decompose because it can't. (laughs) And it really, you know, causes the earth pain by increasing the demands of consumerism. And when you use more and consume more, you aren't helping the people you know and the people you don't know by passing on, like when you hoard, I'm sorry, you're, you're not helping people you know or even people you don't know by passing on things that you're no longer using. And when you accumulate too much stuff, you hurt yourself because you just can't maintain what you have and you worry over the responsibility of it all. And in the end, you can't take it with you. And I think that that's the most important lesson of it all, I guess, is that you can't take it with you. So allow yourself the sabbatical of Shabbat, of Shavuot, of going on a shopping diet, of purchasing less, of not being a slave to our things. And remember that that when I started this, the point that that I said was that Matan Torah was for us to observe Shemitah. I think it's really important to recognize that part of why we're here is to take care of the earth for the next generation, just like a Patak Philippe watch, you know, you just take care of it for the next generation. That's part of our jobs here on earth is to be stewards of the earth for our children and our grandchildren and to pass on these beautiful traditions that we have. And how can we do that if we're slowly consuming so much that, you know, it's not, it's, it's, you know, abusing our resources. And I think that that is really important to remember. And I hope that for, for those of you who have called me and said to me, you know, Rav Moshe says that disposables are okay. Maybe he did say that. It's totally possible that he said that. And if he said it, it was probably 25 years ago when I think that, um, disposables had not become as pervasive as they are now. And 
we have to take care of the earth. It's the really the point of Matan Torah. So please, as you go into Shavuot this year, please remember that we can be responsible users of things. We don't have to have too much. It It's not healthy for us. Having too much, like I said a few weeks ago, increases our worry. And we don't need that because we want to be calm and relaxed and happy and successful, right? And spend time with our families and not clean. And so going forward, I wish you all a Chag Sameach. I hope that you'll continue to be organized and take this lesson to heart that really having less really does give us more. Um, if you're stuck, just remember, just the way Hashem gave us Shabbat, Hashem keeps us organized. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.